Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend between my bracket and the Pelicans. My weekend was not so great, but other than that, I hope you were able to kick back and relax a little bit. Like I mentioned, not a good weekend for the Pelicans, who dropped their third straight on the road yesterday in L.A. to the Clippers, 107-100. to No wins on the road trip, and combine that with four straight Thunder and Suns wins, the Pelicans are now sitting 10th in the West, a half game back of the Suns and three games back of the Thunder for the eighth seed. Injuries were a big issue on this trip. Anthony Davis sat out the first two games, rolled his ankle during shoot-around on Thursday before playing the Suns. Omer Oshik set out the last two games with a cap strain, and Tyreek Evans missed yesterday's game with a left ankle sprain, so Pelicans cannot catch a break when it, come, when it came to injuries this weekend. Joel Myers will be on a little bit later to talk about the Pelicans' chances of making the playoffs. I still think it's too early to call this thing. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about the Pelicans' chances. Again, it took a three-game losing streak for the Pelicans to get back three-and-a-half games. It could take a Thunder three-game losing streak as well to get us back in it. So, again, don't sleep on us just yet. Three-game homestand coming up on Wednesday against the Rockets, Friday against the Kings, and Sunday against the Timberwolves. So, it might take nine or ten wins, but I don't think it's out of the question here. Twelve games left into the season. You'll hear from head coach Monty Williams, plus Eric Gorn and Quincy Pondexter will speak about yesterday's game in our next segment. On the football side, we'll have Sean Fazan on from Fox 8 Sports to kind of recap the Saints' free agency since it's kind of Calm down a little bit. NFL owners meetings are this week in Phoenix, so we'll have full coverage of that on NewOrleansSaints.com and the mobile app from our very own John DeShazer, who is headed to Phoenix today from L.A. where he was with the Pelicans. Now he puts his Saints hat on for the next couple days, so we'll hear from him tomorrow on the show. How about your bracket? How's it doing? Mine has a lot of red Sharpie marks on it, um, but again, only one double-digit seed is in the Sweet 16. That's UCLA, and no Cinderella's really this year. I was expecting... A little bit more. Um, I don't consider Tom Izzo's Michigan State team one because Tom Izzo's teams always make it to the Sweet 16. So congrats to Michigan State. We'll see if Kentucky will remain undefeated. Was kind of surprised though. Villanova and Virginia both out. 
in that east region. I believe it's the east region, but they're out in that region. So Michigan State looks like they're in the driver's seat. Them, Louisville, NC State should be a good one down the stretch. Sweet 16 games begin on Thursday. Okay, so lots to get to on this Monday. Joel Myers from Fox Sports New Orleans, Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports. Coming up next, I'll recap the Pelicans-Clippers game from yesterday afternoon. The playoff pushes on as your New Orleans Pelicans fight for the postseason. Join us this Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center for another guys' night out against the Houston Rockets. This ticket package includes two tickets, four beers, plus we'll throw in two free t-shirts, all for as low as $46. Grab your pals to get on board for guys' night out. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir. I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. This is Quincy Pondexter, and you listen to the Black and Blue Report. Okay, time to talk a little Pelicans. A shorthanded Pelicans team fell to the Clippers yesterday afternoon, 107 to 100. Pelicans again dropped to 37 and 33. Clippers improved to 46 and 25. Pelicans were hanging in there for most of the game. Um, then they got away from them at the end. Uh, they shot well yesterday, 51% from the field, 38 of 75, and also. 12 of 22 from downtown. No Omer Oshik, no Tyreek Evans. It was nice to see Anthony Davis back. Efficient day for him. 26 points, 12 rebounds, 11 of 13 shooting from the field. Clippers shot 46%, 42 of 91. Turnovers, a big factor in the game. 18 for the Pelicans, and the Clippers scored 30 points off those turnovers. Only 10 for the Clippers, and uh, the, the rebound differential is only one as far as total rebounds, but offensive rebounds, Clippers had a seven-rebound edge, 16-9, which led to 25 second-chance points for them compared to the Pelicans, who had just six. And Clippers, as they normally do, big on fast-break points, outscoring the Pelicans 21-8 to in that category. Let's hear from head coach Monty Williams as he talked to Sean Kelly after the game yesterday. Monty, it looks like your guys left everything they had left on this trip on that yeah, floor today. they absolutely did. And um, that's what I told them. You know, I could look at the turnovers and, you know, 31-point third quarter, but, you know, the challenges that these guys have had to uh, face this year and to be able to, you know, play like that uh, under man uh, says a lot about our group, our assistant coaches, uh, getting the guys ready to play. And, you know, the loss hurts badly. I uh, thought we, we had a chance for a while, but we couldn't uh, take care of the ball the way that we needed to. And, but I, I can't argue with the way our guys compete and, and step up to the challenge every night. You mentioned the turnovers, and they're a huge part yeah. of the story today. How many were self-induced, and how many were just because they defend really well? Well, probably both. Um, you know, they, they defend really well. Uh, the hand-checking that goes on in the game is pretty hard to deal with at times. I didn't think we dealt with that well um, to start uh, the second quarter. Uh, but after that, I thought we got used to it. And uh, Their defense is pretty good with DeAndre at the rim. 
but a lot of our turnovers tonight were just you know senseless turnovers but um, you know the last game of a tough trip going home I didn't think we would play uh, that way turning the ball over but it happens coach I think Davis gets called for basket interference and a chance to tie the game it seemed to swing there was that a key moment in the game what LA did after that moment may have been um, but you know anything I say <laughs> from my opinion, is going to get me fined, so I'm not going to say anything. But that was, that was a tough call. and uh, I know what I was looking at, and I know AD knows what he's doing in those situations. So uh, it's a tough call. Coach, even, even with that, you're down 94-91. Um, any thoughts of following Jordan at that point? That was right before the Reddick three. I know some teams have employed it, others have not. What's your philosophy on, on something like that? Well, we had a ton of guys in foul trouble, so uh, we talked about it as a staff at halftime, and we've talked about it before. Um, we just didn't do it tonight, but we have talked about that. Well, if you were watching the game yesterday, you, you noticed Eric Gorin took a little bit of a tumble there in, uh, I believe it was the third quarter, uh, chipped a tooth. Um, he uh, stayed in the game, 23 points, 7 of 13 shooting, 5 of 8 coming off the bench. He missed a team meeting that morning, so he was benched in the first half he did start the second half though again a nice day for him 23 points 7 of 13 shooting from the field he spoke to reporters after the game you guys right in the middle of a playoff race how much of the injuries just team wise kind of slowed the momentum you think this year for the well it is a lot you know you know um guys been you know our top, our top guys you know everybody you know our top four guys have been out a lot of the time throughout the season and uh it's just been tough, and it's going to take it. It's taking a toll for a lot of people that do play. And uh, when we're all healthy, you know, you know, it, it gives us, it makes a, a game a little, uh, a lot easier. Yeah, I got tripped up, and yeah, I got tripped up. Uh, I don't know what happened. Now. I thought I got fouled, but um, uh, just got tripped up, lost, lost control, and you know, it was just weird to see my face onto the floor. So it was just weird. You knew, you, knew, you knew you'd be able to play, though. You knew, like, right yeah, away. I mean, yeah, it was it was game. painful. I had a little bit of headache, but I'm, I'm I was I was still gonna play, and uh, that's what I strive for in a tough game like this. And Quincy Pondexter, one of four starters in double figures, 12 points, three rebounds, four of 10 shooting. All of those points coming from beyond the arc. He also spoke to reporters about the loss yesterday in the Pelicans locker room. Problem was the turnovers. Was there a theme to that? Was it some of the stuff that they were doing on defense? They, they were very aggressive tonight. Um, they, they really set the tone with the way that they're playing, their physicality, and, um, you know, we turnovers and the ball didn't bounce our way, and we came up a little short tonight. They, they're a great team over there. Um, they've been playing together for a while, and um, they played really, really hard tonight. How much are you guys looking forward to home? Can't wait to get home and, and turn this thing around. And we've got a lot of wins left to get before the season's over. And uh, hopefully, if we do, we're in the playoffs. Um, but we got to just worry about protecting home and controlling our own destiny that way. You jumped out to like a 15 2 lead. What happened? What changed? You know, they're, they're not going to lay down. They're at home. And, you know, they, they came out swinging after that. And um, they really put an emphasis on, on being aggressive with us, and um, they executed. Um, they have some great players over there, and they won. Can you talk about as far as the confidence that's necessary for you guys to turn around as you get back home? We're still confident. We're still confident. We have no doubt in our minds. We'll be fine. Um, 
right now is about us, and we got to get healthy, we got to get our feet under us, and we got to get some home cooking, and we'll get wins. All right, so a couple days for the Pelicans to practice and also heal a little bit as uh, some of their players were out yesterday, Oshik and Evans, and uh, hopefully they'll be ready to go on Wednesday. Uh, we'll find out a little more probably today uh, when head coach Monty Williams speaks at Pelicans practice. We'll continue to talk Pelicans when we come back. We'll hear from Joel Myers from Fox Sports New Orleans. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. We continue our Pelicans talk on this Monday, and joining me now is the television voice of the Pelicans, Joel Myers. Joel, I'm sure you were glad to sleep in your own bed last night. It felt good to be back, and boy, when we got off the plane, they had about 9.30, quarter to 10, whenever we landed, maybe even closer to 10 o'clock. Wow, what a beautiful night. It yep. was windy, it was breezy, it was about 70, 75. It felt great to be back, believe me. Absolutely. Weather was fantastic here this weekend. Unfortunately, the road trip was not for the Pelicans, dropping all three games to very good opponents with Phoenix, the Clippers, and Golden State. Joel, were the injuries the biggest factor to them losing all three, or can you point out something else that maybe stuck to you a little bit? Well, injuries didn't help. The the one game you had to have was Phoenix, the 74-72 loss. And they just didn't play well, and they know it. And the, and the Pels would like to have that one back because you can't go on the road and score 72 points and expect to win. They did enough defensively. There's no question about that. But that was the one. And that kind of set the tone. And then you wanted to wait on Anthony in particular because then if you, you didn't play him the next day, uh, which is a difficult proposition to begin with going in against the Warriors, then at least Anthony would have a couple more days for treatment on the ankle. Uh, unfortunately, though, Omer couldn't come back. I think uh, overall, yesterday was a winnable game at the Clippers. There was a sequence at the end, uh, late in the fourth or middle of the fourth, where it would have been tied at 85. The goaltending call, all of a sudden, a tee, a bucket, and it's 88-83 instead of being tied at 85. So the momentum certainly shifted at that point of the game. Are turnovers a big concern for you right now? It seems like uh, the last five or six games, Pelicans have had 18 or more turnovers. Is that a big concern heading down the stretch? Well, they've got to take care of the basketball, but it, it, believe it or not, the two games prior to the Warriors' 21 turnovers were, were low turnover games. So it was kind of bracketed, the last home game, then the next two, and then the Warriors. So uh, it's a concern only because you've got changes in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. And, and Norris was there. When he did a great job. Um, in, in a, a, he's a totally different role. And I talked about that on the telecast yesterday. 
coming off the bench as an energy guy and, a, and not many minutes in Miami compared to what he's getting here now at 30 minutes a game. So it's a different role. He's handling it really well, uh, but it's Drew Holiday's job. And unfortunately, Drew's not available and hasn't been available since January 12th. If Drew can come back, and now there's the rumblings that he potentially could be a week away, and we'll cross our fingers on that one. If Drew can come back, what a difference it makes at both ends of the floor. So the, the adjustments, and give him credit, the, the staff has done a great job, and the, and the guys on the board have done a great job, but it's different roles for everybody. So they're not, back to your original premise, they're not a concern to me because you've got different guys, and all of a sudden they're trying to find sweet spots on the floor for their teammates, and they're not in their regular roles. Yeah, okay, good point there. Um, the team sits a half game back of the Suns for the ninth spot, who's won four in a row. Same with the Thunder, they've won four in a row. They sit three games ahead of the Pelicans. With 12 games to go, how many wins will the Pelicans need to pull off in order to have a realistic shot at making the playoffs? Well, it's not how many. It's just putting together a streak of your own. Okay. And, and the Pelicans have to win all three at home. If they can get the Rockets game on Wednesday night, then you've got two sub-500s. You've got Sacramento and Minnesota. So all of a sudden, there's the potential of all three. You go on the road, and if the Lakers on Wednesday the 1st and Sacramento again on Friday the 3rd, two winnable games on the road, sub-500s, teams that are ready for the end of the season, uh, before you go to Portland for the second of the back-to-back. So it's the Pelicans that control what they're going to do right now at home. Uh, It's one thing on the road, but at home, you've got to protect it. And the the test is Houston, first and foremost. But if you can get Houston, Daniel, then you could reel off five in a row. That's conceivable. Got to take it a step at a time. So Houston's first. You can't look past that because they've been playing phenomenal basketball. One guy in particular, James Harden. And now they say Dwight Howard could be back this week. We'll see. Uh, With the way things are going for the Pels, it wouldn't put it past me if that's his first game back Wednesday night. So, (laughs) but just give Houston... And then who knows? You could run five. That's entirely possible, and it's a different story completely because Phoenix has a much more difficult schedule than both the Pels and Oklahoma City. Uh, Oklahoma City, probably the easiest schedule. When you look at they're at home against the Lakers, then they have three, though, don't forget, that they go out on the road and they could lose all three. Mm -hmm. It starts at San Antonio on Wednesday night, and it's the second of a back-to-back for them. They play Tuesday night at home against the Lakers, so That'll be a win for them. But then Wednesday, they're at the Spurs. And then they have another back-to-back on the road. It's at Utah, a team that's playing much better basketball, and that's not easy winning there. That's Saturday night. And then Sunday, they play at Phoenix, who's desperate. So, Pels put together a winning streak. It's conceivable. It's, it's entirely possible that all of a sudden Oklahoma City hits the road. They could drop three in a row. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And also with the tiebreaker with Oklahoma City, you know, can't really count us out. And a lot of fans are trying to say three games back is kind of tough with 12 games to go. But uh, so you're saying uh, it's still a chance for the Pelicans to make it? Oh, there's no question. There's plenty of time. I, I've seen, uh, I've been around the league a long time, so I've seen stranger things happen. Uh, it's entirely possible. All the Pelicans have to do is take care of this homestand. Then you get two sub-500. So you take care of this homestand, win three in a row with momentum, going to the Lakers and the Kings. Yes, it's definitely possible. I'm feeling a little bit better, Joel. I'm glad I am glad I had you on to, to talk me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> be- before I let you go, though, um, the Rockets do come on Wednesday, and then you have 
Sacramento and Minnesota. What are some keys to this homestand and, and more importantly, some keys to take down Houston, which you say is a big game on Wednesday to start the homestand? But keep James Harden off the free throw line. But don't put him there like he has been anywhere from 15 to 25 times for attempts, that is. So uh, keep Harden off the free throw line. Match their energy because Corey Brewer has been a great pickup for them. And he's a really good wing defender. He's a, he's a runner. He's a short corner three guy. But Corey Brewer has been a shot in the arm for them. Kemp McHale, I give them credit. They've adjusted with injuries. James Harden's having an MVP season. To me, it's between Harden and Steph Curry, as well as Russell's playing. Yeah. And he, you know, he's got time. There's no question about that. Still, with all these triple doubles he's had, eight over the last four weeks or so and ten for the season, it's pretty amazing what Russell Westbrook has done because they wouldn't even be in the lottery or, or in the playoff equation had it not been for Russell Westbrook. You could say the same, though, uh, about James Harden. And mm-hmm. Steph Curry, since the first game of the year, uh, Steph Curry has made that team much, much better. I know he's got a compliment around him, but he puts him in a position to succeed. Here's a guy basically top five across the board, and it seems like everything. Well, maybe not scoring, where he's, what, seventh in the league, but still uh, Steph Curry, uh, Westbrook. So and back to your original, <clears throat> excuse me, thought uh, for Houston, uh, get up and down the floor. Uh, worry about defensive transition because Beverly and Brewer, Harden, they're going to be on the push, and Harden's going to, He's going to have that Euro step and herky-jerky style, and he's going to try to get to the free throw line. Do you think we get some of our guys back on Wednesday, maybe Tyreek, Omer, and uh, when do we think we see Ryan back on the court? Well, I, I, yeah, I think that Omer, uh, in particular, with the uh, calf strain, could be back. Uh, Ryan's still a ways away. Drew, Drew and Ryan both, though, you could see them next week. Uh, not this week, potentially, but next week. I'm just, And that's wishful thinking. It's not like I've... I've, I've I've been inside, and I'm with the training staff. Right. That is wishful thinking. And just I saw Ryan. I talked to him last night. He's feeling better, but still wearing the knee brace. He's working really hard to get back. Drew and Ryan want to be back as, as much more than we want them to be back. Believe me on that. Mm-hmm. So if they're back after a successful homestand, believe me when I tell you anything's possible. There's enough time. Uh, I've seen races go down in the last couple of games of the regular season. So... There is plenty of time for the Pelicans to get there. Absolutely. And a member of tiebreaker with the Thunder. And if we beat Phoenix at home in April, a tiebreaker with them goes to us as well. So I'm with you, Joel. Plenty of time. I still believe that's Joel Myers from Fox Sports New Orleans. Joel, thanks for the time and uh, rest up for Wednesday. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me, Daniel. No problem. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to football as Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports will join me to talk Saints. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes, and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. 
Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. NFL free agency has calmed down a little bit, so this gives us the opportunity to break down the Saints moves and to help us out with that. I welcome back Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports. Sean, hope all is well with you, my friend. Doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. First off, I think a lot of people expected the Saints to make some changes, but did you think they were going to be as active as they are during free agency? No, it, it just seems like this is not an off-season tweak. This was more of an off-season transformation is what I was calling it. Uh, uh, in the off-season before, when the season actually ended, uh, you had the feeling they were going to go into the off-season with, with the mindset of change. But uh, to this degree, I have to say I was not expecting this much uh, with uh, many high-profile players. In those Florida moves, Jimmy Graham was traded to the Seahawks with a fourth-round pick in exchange for Pro Bowl center Max Unger and a first-round pick. What are your thoughts on that big move? You know, it was such a shock. It took me – that was probably the move that took me the longest just to let it settle in and let the reality kind of uh, kind of, settle in and, uh, and realize that he was no longer with the organization. And once kind of the, uh, the dust settled and uh, he kind of moved on with the trade, um, I think it is a good trade. I do think the Saints have the potential to get better with this deal. Max Unger can be a starter at center, which is a huge position of need. And if that 31st overall pick – can be a uh, can be an immediate impact player. I think it could be a win for the Saints. However, I do think Seattle got that much stronger by adding a player Jimmy Graham's caliber. So uh, it has the potential of being a win-win trade. But I think ultimately, if the Saints can cash in at that 31st overall pick, uh, it can be a victory for the Saints as well. Is the offensive line starting to become a bigger priority here for the Saints now that with acquiring Max Unger? I, I don't know if it's a it, it doesn't, there's not the, the glaring hole that there once was in the middle of that offensive line. And obviously, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Jari Evans. We saw what happened with Ben Grubbs. Uh, you have Tim Alito available. He could probably slide to one of the guard positions. Uh, at some point, you're going to draft an interior lineman uh, just because even if Jari Evans does return, uh, he is getting a little bit older. You have to develop a guy for the inside, and it's so crucial uh, for Drew Brees. So uh, I do think it's a concern. But it's not the glaring hole it once was uh, now that they have Max Unger. Also on the offensive side, the team waves running back Pierre Thomas, but re-signs Mark Ingram and also signs C.J. Spiller from the Bills. Do you see Spiller playing a Darren Sproles-type role with New Orleans? I do, uh, and I think Saints fans are going to fall in love with him. Um, he's a guy that can catch passes out of the backfield. Played on a team that didn't necessarily utilize that part of his game, but can really do so. Um, and, and even more so than Darren Sproles and even Reggie Bush, C.J. Spiller is a better, pure running back than either of those guys. So I think it's a good compliment to Mark Ingram. Uh, I think Sean Payton's ability to get uh, to, to the way he deals with pass-catching running backs uh, usually works out pretty well for the running backs. So I think he's a guy uh, the Saints and their fan base are really going to love. Uh, that was a little bit of a surprise as well just because you didn't think they had enough money for both Mark Ingram and a C.J. Spiller, but they made it work, uh, and I think he brings a nice element to this offense. 
Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Also, secondary was a big concern for the Saints team last year. It didn't help that Bird, Jairus Bird wasn't healthy. But now with the signing of Brandon Browner, is this secondary one of the better ones in the league, or am I kind of jumping ahead a little bit? I think it's got potential to be. Um, I, 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 look, I love the signing of Brandon Browner more than anything else. He's a big corner, physical guy, clearly can play, especially alongside of Keenan Lewis. But I love the price they got him at the five years of $4 to $15 million. When you look at the cornerbacks flying off the market, for instance, they, they essentially chose Brandon Brown over Tremont Williams. They were both in town at the same time for their visits. Tremont Williams, a week later, got $7 million a season. So uh, it was a high supply and demand for uh, for cornerbacks this, this offseason. The Saints were able to get a very good one at a very reasonable price. And I do think the secondary on paper looks much better. I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see them address it early in the draft, though, just because you do need that nickel corner in today's NFL. That player is on the field. Uh, almost as much as a strong side linebacker. So uh, while I do like the secondary, I do think they'll address it in the draft. I'll get to the draft in just a second, but piggybacking there with Browner, um, do you think that his two straight Super Bowl appearances and wins helped a little bit as far as having that championship pedigree back in the locker room? No doubt about it. And they need players like that. And he's got a little bit of a little bit of nasty to him, if you will. He, he's not afraid to mix it up. Uh, and I think that that's necessary inside this locker room. Uh, you need a guy like that, a little bit of enforcer. And uh, I think uh, to have that along with his leadership certainly bodes well for this locker room. I thought they, they, they was a void of that last year in the locker room. But to bring a guy like that in, uh, I think it certainly bodes well for the team. You mentioned the draft. The draft is coming up. Saints have two first-round picks, number 13 and 31. What positions do you think they go after with those picks? Well, you know what? It's, it's almost a, a no-lose proposition in, in the sense that you can really – I mean, you can talk – Outside linebacker, you can talk cornerback, you can talk wide receiver, you can even look at an interior lineman, and you really can't go wrong with any of those positions just because they're all a need for the Saints. So uh, any one of those, and my mock probably uh, leaning towards a, a cornerback by the name of Trey Wayne out of Michigan State, and then that 31st overall pick, uh, maybe a wide receiver, uh, possibly. Uh, but you know, the draft is such a crap shooting this year. The Saints, with, with all those picks, it's going to be fun to watch what they do because uh, there's a lot of uh, – they're going to be on the clock a lot, and uh, that's something we haven't said about this organization uh, over the last couple of years. Do you think they'll address more offensive needs in the draft, or do you think defense is the bigger priority this year? Uh, I do think defense is a bigger priority, but that doesn't mean they're not going to address offense. Maybe if you add it all up, all their draft picks, and maybe one or two more on defense, but uh, – Look, you and I both know that this this team loves offense, and they do have a need at wide receiver and along the offensive line. So uh, they're not going to completely ignore the offense. I think ultimately there will be a few more picks on the defensive side of the ball, but the offense will get their fair share as well. Great stuff there. That's Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports here on the Black and Blue Report. Sean, thanks for the time, and I'm sure we'll be chatting with you closer to the draft. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yep, when we come back, I'll wrap up this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. It's 2 a.m. You went to the casino confident you'd win. This time, instead, you lost the money that was supposed to pay your bills. Tonight, 
you're ready to admit you need help. If you or a family member has a gambling problem, treatment services are available at no cost for Louisiana residents. Call now, 1-877-770-STOP. The help is free and confidential, so call now, 1-877-770-STOP. A message from the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals Office of Behavioral Health. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Glad you can join me on this Monday. Big thanks to Joel Myers and Sean Fazan for coming on today. Jim Eikenhofer will be on tomorrow, as he always is on Tuesdays. And John DeShazer will check in from Phoenix, where the NFL owners' meetings are taking place, and he'll give us the latest on what is going on there. No Pelicans game until Wednesday. I urge all of you to come out to the Smoothie King Center during this homestand. Still time to make up ground on the Suns and the Thunder, and we'll need all of you there at the Smoothie King Center this week to give us a home court advantage. Pelicans take on the Rockets on Wednesday, the Kings on Friday, and a Sunday matinee against the Timberwolves. That will be a 3 o'clock tip time. So, again, plenty of time to come out and support the Pelicans as they are in a bit of a playoff push here. Last 12 games of the season, and the Pelicans will need all the fans to come out and support this team. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Black and Blue Report. And until tomorrow, when Sean Kelly is your host, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great rest of your Monday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. Yeah.